0: It certainly doesn't need to be so uh, intimidating. I, I certainly thought it was when I was, and I was one of those people who said, I'll never wear a kit. And those people look ridiculous. And here I am, like, you know, road riding, I'm mountain biking, and I kind of have uh, a little taste of everything. And I'm just one of those people
1: now. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Kat. Welcome to The Joyride. Hey, what's up, Joyriders? This is Kat, and you're listening to episode number 17 of the Joyride Podcast, where we celebrate women on bikes. On this episode, we're going to chat with Mary McGowan of Rebel Without a Car about going car-free in South Carolina, doing the whole clipless pedals thing, and the true bikeonomics of determination. You'll find links to all the stuff we discuss in the show notes at girleatsbike.com forward slash joyride 017. But, before we get into that, a few things. Um, First, as I record this, we have a new president-elect here in the U.S. Now, maybe you have had enough of politics and you are tuning in to tune out. You're here for the bikes. You're here for the bike love. I get it. So, I'll keep this brief. Well, as brief as I can. Um, I've got a lot of opinions about this election. A lot of people do. Uh, Believe it or not, they're pretty informed opinions, but I'm not going to try to sit here and convince you of anything directly election-related. But here is what I am going to say. If you're a woman, and you're in pain around the results of this election, you are not alone. I've made a lot of eye contact with women over the past few days, and we're all looking at each other like, I get it, and there's this sadness in our eyes. And I don't think it's as simple as Hillary glass ceiling disappointment um, or that the idea that women have to work twice as hard as men and get half the credit. I mean, I'm a feminist. I could go on about this, um, but that's not what this is about. I, I think it's about predation. I think it's the idea that women's bodies are not our own. Um, I think it's the idea that a man who, what, in his late 50s or early 60s can brag about using his celebrity status and power to sexually assault women, um, recorded on audio and all, and he still gets elected. Um, I'm not getting into the minutia of candidates or the details of political ideology, um I get all of those things, and that is not the point here. My point here is that if you're in a woman and you're feeling pain about this election... Do not submit. Do not let men who tell you, oh, the sky isn't falling, to placate your feelings. Do not allow them to pat you on the head like a good little girl and move on. This is the time to connect with each other and to catalyze. And if you're a dude listening to this, and I know that there's one or two of you out there, or maybe not by now, who knows. um, But if you're a dude and you're listening to this, do not, and I repeat, do not try to make the women in your life feel better with platitudes we're angry, we're hurt, um, some of us are afraid, some of us have been highly triggered by this, these sexual assault comments and the way that the country has handled all the women who came forward as victims by tearing them down. Um, we've talked on this show about safety and violence before and I wish it were not such a theme, such a part of our vernacular, but men, you will never know what it's like to be afraid to walk alone at night you just don't get it. <laughs> you just I mean maybe some of you do. Maybe, you know, um but most most white guys don't get it or if you don't feel some kind of pain around this then you're in a position of privilege. Um and that's not a judgment that you're a bad person. It's just anyway. And the point is is we don't need you to try to calm us down. We need you to have our backs and gals. Do not absorb this pain or this fear any further into you. Do not give it fertile ground for pain, but let it catalyze our community instead into action. I firmly believe the fourth wave of feminism is beginning to form from this sea of turbulence at this very moment. We need more women in power to balance the toxic masculinity that is running rampant in this world. We need women and mothers to rise up, to connect with each other, to mobilize, You might volunteer, you might donate, you might run for local office, you might take a wrenching class and stop bringing your bike to the mechanic who makes you feel uncomfortable every time you walk in. Uh, You might vote with your dollars. You may stop moving out of the way or trying to make yourself smaller to accommodate men who take up a lot of space. You may even stop saying sorry so much for things that are not in your control and do not require your sorrow. I hate that, maybe it's all those years in customer service, but um, if you listen for it, you'll notice it everywhere, the word sorry dripping from women's mouths like a faucet they have been taught to keep running, despite how wasteful it is. There's a lot going on here, and I know that this issue is bigger than women. I know we can dissect privilege and intersection up and down, um, but let me be frank. I think women will save the world. And... That means you have to do something. Don't just take it. I'm going to put some links in the show notes for some organizations you can donate to or volunteer with if you're looking for some ideas. But talk to your friends. See what causes are important to you. What is your in your community that's important to you. Um, let's get out there and score some points. Now when I spoke with Mary last week, um no, I'm sure neither of us thought that um what I just said there was going to be a thing that had to be said. Um but there there you have it, current events in America. Um <laughs> on a different note though, uh let's get to the topic at hand, which is to having a cool bike love chat with Mary McGowan because it was it was actually super good. People typically think of Copenhagen or Portland or Fort Collins as the kind of place that you would want to live by bike, not South Carolina. But since a trial by fire in bike commuting while she was studying abroad six years ago, um, since then she has gradually built a two-wheeled life that she would not trade for anything. Let's meet Mary McGowan. She's been car-free since March of 2015, so that's like 18-ish months of uh, no vehicle at all. Um, Let's chat about that. Mary McGowan, welcome to the Joyride. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I'm excited to have you because you are a rebel without a car. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Tell me uh, tell me where I am talking to you from and a little bit about your car-free lifestyle.
0: Yeah, so I live in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, the car-free lifestyle has been a long time coming, but living in Greenville has definitely made that more possible. I lived in Charleston, South Carolina for several years. And uh, once I made the move to Greenville, I was here probably, I think it was about, eight months before i just ditched my car all together and i get around totally on my bike i um i commute to work i get all my groceries by bike um yeah <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what was the, what was the inspiration for that
0: um it it was kind of like this perfect storm of everything happening in my life to kind of bring it about. Um, You could say it probably started when I was studying abroad in 2010. I was uh, in Vienna, Austria, and um, the bus pass, they have great public transit, like some of the best in the world. And um, so all of us students got our 50 euro a month bus pass um, and I'm very cheap. So (laughs) I started – looking around, wondering, well, I wonder if everybody does this. And I saw so many people riding bikes. Um, And I passed by a pawn shop one day and uh, wandered in, saw a bike. Um, I'm pretty sure the bike was way too big for me. Uh, It was a men's frame. Um, It was silver. (laughs) I didn't know anything about bikes besides, you know, your regular childhood I push the pedals and I don't fall over, Um, and so I took the bike out of the shop, um, tried to ride it on the sidewalk, got yelled at in German. (laughs) Um, It was definitely a trial by fire, um, but I picked it up fairly quickly, and I just started biking everywhere. It was so easy to do, I just kind of started watching how people actually did it, (laughs) and it was like, oh, okay, that person's signaling this way. I will do it that way, too. Um, and I got around just fine for a couple months. At the end, I sold the bike back um, before I flew back home. And once I got back home, I really missed it. I um, I got home and bought a new car and was excited about the new car. That didn't last very long. I got very sick of that. <laughs> um, it turns out I bought a lemon. So over... Well, the next couple of years, I fell out of love with the car and, um, there was a blogger that I've definitely got to give credit to, um, her blog is high heels and two wheels. And, um, if you look in her blog archive, she talks about the first year she was the most active about, um, living by bike in downtown Charleston. And that's where I was living. And it kind of just ignited that little spark. Like, Oh, I could do this here. It's not just for Europeans. Like. I can do this here in South Carolina. Um, I don't have to have great public transit in my city. I don't have to have great infrastructure even like I can make this work. Um, But I wasn't living on the peninsula in downtown Charleston and um, I was making it work so that like I could go two weeks at a time without getting in my car. And um, finally just uh, a bunch of things aligned and I could move to Greenville and Um, it was totally a bunch of people saying, you'd really like it. You could ride your bike there. I did not know that much about Greenville, but it really is a pretty cycling friendly town. It's not Portland. It's not Fort Collins, but, (laughs) um, it's a really awesome place to live. Um, and people really do care about making our infrastructure better, and uh, making it a great place to live. And unlike Charleston, there aren't bridges, so I can physically get somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, without having to get in my car. So that was long winded. And yet it's still kind of the best way I can kind of describe how all that
1: happened. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's great to sort of like, see these steps in this evolution, because it's you know i think people very rarely go from you know flip the switch from i'm a car commuter you know in in the car yeah. for an hour a day or 2 hours a day to i'm just going to you know now commit to commuting and being car free so it makes total sense that this would be like a sort of an evolution and that yep. process baby steps for sure <laughs> so Um, I have a couple questions like how long is your commute like what's what's your daily life like there in Greenville
0: well this year um, I work for uh, the public schools here I'm a speech pathologist and um, while I was in grad school I had a bunch of different jobs and so I had a bunch of different commutes um, and with that flexibility I got to try out oh well hey this is really close to me. I'll work at this place. Um, so I had that flexibility. And then when I graduated, um, I was so incredibly nervous. Um, I was talking to, I was going to job interviews and saying, well, the most important thing to me is I don't want to, uh, get in a car (laughs) and not have like the interviewer, like think I'm completely insane. But (laughs) that was, that was the number one thing I was um, offered more money for a job that was farther away. And to be honest, um, I, I calculated it and was like, okay, so I'd be actually making less money because I'd be spending about, and you do all the math, it was about $10,000 a year for a car. I was like, oh, that's no longer makes sense. And I really had to stick to that priority saying, no, nope, I, I want something close, I want something close. And it was nerve wracking to narrow myself down that way. But it worked out great. <laughs> um, the first year, I was very stubborn. I bike commuted to the other side of Greenville. Greenville's not huge, but it was. Um, it took me an hour uh, to get there, and I combined biking and the bus. Thankfully, we've got a bus system here in Greenville where you can pop your bike right on the front of the bus. Um, so I had to get up pretty early in the morning to get it at the right time. Um, but since I teach... I can always find paperwork and things to do <laughs> while um while waiting for the bus. So it's not like I got off work at a certain time and then had to like just sit around at a bus stop. It um I could work right up to when I had to leave. Um I got there early in the morning and I got home late in the afternoon, but um I made it work for a year and then um i this year uh starting in august i got a job that's only two and a half miles away so it's cool because i feel like i've had that very intense experience of i'm gonna make this work because i am a very stubborn person and i refuse to uh cave on this issue (laughs) and uh now i'm on the other side of the spectrum where it's like okay this is this is a no-brainer of course i'm gonna ride my bike. It wouldn't make sense for me to drive. It would be a, you know, a five minute drive versus a 10 minute bike ride. Why wouldn't I ride my bike? So
1: <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I I think that's, that's so, that's so much fun. And two, two and a half miles, you lucky duck. I that, really lucked out. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, like, it's just long enough to kind of like get a little warm and get the endorphins going and, that's nice. Absolutely. I get to work and I'm
0: awake and I'm ready and I've got my uh, little attitude adjustment in the morning. People for Bikes had a great um, uh, campaign. Uh, it was about a year ago where they said shed the monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like this uh, video of this guy who gets in his car and he's uh He's got like road rage basically, and he just becomes a so, total grouch the more he drives. And that's really how I feel. And that's how I felt when I got, when I used to get in my car. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know, yelling at people. And, <laughs> and you know, it's just like I'm sitting here in traffic and with a bike. Like, it's funny because it might it might take you longer. It might not. If you're in a city, it might be the the fastest way to get around, but, um, you're always moving. And it's such a, it's such a stress reliever. Like
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I echo that sentiment entirely. I was just thinking about that, um, with my own bike commuting that I do. And I think versus my old life on the East coast when I would sit in traffic for 45 minutes each way um you know i still like ride my, like my my ride is like about 35 to 45 minutes depending on which direction and what time of day and etc cetera, etc cetera. but as long as i keep moving i just feel so much better about about it than sitting in like this closed in uh i just like even thinking about being in route one traffic in central New Jersey Definitely. is like making my skin crawl a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> I totally <laughs> hear that where yeah. it's like, just keep moving. Even if it takes a little bit longer, just keep moving. Is like, it just feels so much better.
0: And I grew up in Delaware and here um, in upstate South Carolina, we're like really close to the, um, the Smoky Mountains and the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so I'm kind of in the foothills. So it is hilly, um, but it just makes it so much more fun. <laughs> It's, it's gorgeous. And I think back to living in Charleston, I I counted it up at one point, and I was spending 10 hours a week in my car. And I was like, gosh, that's such a waste. Like, I never feel that my time on a bike is wasted. Because uh, what else would I be doing, like going home and then going to the gym. And I'd probably spend a total of like five minutes outside, honestly. Um, Like I work in a classroom and at a computer all day. So I've got to get my outdoor time in. And it's just, it kind of checks everything off your list really. So for some of my coworkers are like, Oh, I wish I had time to do that. I'm like, "Eh, okay.
1: (laughs) You do, I promise. Yeah. I, um, I think it's, I think we don't see it, you know, we get, we're so in our routine sometimes that we really don't see, um, that time that's available and those little things that we can sort of carve out for ourselves. Um,
0: Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And,
1: yeah.
0: and that's kind of the main thing that I, uh, I think that was probably the hardest thing about going car free is just that, that concept of, yes, I can do this and realizing that cause you hear no a lot. Or I did. I heard. Oh, you can't do that. My parents would tell me that if I mentioned it, like, oh, I don't want my car anymore. Well, you have to have one. Um, and I think that kind of becomes kind of ingrained in us. And honestly, if it hadn't been for that blog that I read, the High Heels and Two Wheels blog, um, I I might not have had that. Oh, this could happen to me. And so that's why I started my blog. Is um, and every. I've had a couple people say, hey, I'm riding to work a couple days a week now. Uh, My best friend lives in Boulder, and she's like, I'm bike commuting now, and it is just the best feeling in the world. (laughs) I'm a very evangelical cyclist. (laughs) I want everybody to uh, see that side of of life and know that they don't have to commute the way that everybody else does.
1: So you heard no a lot and you can't or you, you know, whatever. Uh, sounds like that might be where the rebel piece came from a little bit. Did, did that like <laughs> embolden you? Well,
0: maybe, maybe subconsciously. Um, the it, It's kind of a funny story. Um, I, I came up with rebel without a car, kind of like, well, rebel without a ca- uh, a care or rebel without a cause, <laughs> rebel without a car, because it came off of, um, I was, I went to a group ride. I've gotten into road cycling as well. So I I bike commute and then um, that's just not enough, (laughs) especially now that my commute's only two and a half miles. So uh, last winter, I was at a group ride um, on the other side of town and I took the bus because it's... um, it's a very bad traffic area to get to this particular bike shop where the bike, the ride was leaving from, but I wanted to do it. So I got up on a Saturday morning, I took the, bu- the bus across town. And after the group ride, I was chatting with people and we we're having a nice conversation. And, um, and I kind of looked at my watch and abruptly said, Oh, I'm so sorry. I've got to go catch the bus. And they looked at me, these people I'd just been, you know, casually talking to, just suddenly looked at me like I had like grown a third arm or or something like you took the bus here. What? And so I rode away like, like, okay, see you later. Um, and I rode away thinking, Oh my gosh, that was so funny. Like I must seem like such a freak of nature to them. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to be negative about it. I'm a, I'm just a rebel. I'm a rebel without a car. And I thought that was so funny, and the web domain was available. So there you go. I love it.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, I think sometimes, like just hearing that you, you know, that you're doing something against the grain is—I um, don't know. I think it's encouraging sometimes. It um, is
0: kind of fun, and yeah,
1: uh, yeah. transgressive <laughs> a little bit. Um, so you described Greenville, like, when people were sort of telling you about it, they said, oh, it's really bike-friendly. Um, is that community, is that infrastructure, is that both? Like, what's what's that like to be in that town?
0: So Greenville is so unique. Um, it's got that small-town feel, but uh, about, I'd say about... 20 years ago 15 years ago maybe they really started to get the ball rolling on a lot of things in our downtown it's an old textile um, area of the country and so greenville's full of mills like you drive around and you see water towers everywhere um i tried to use the water towers as a um, navigation point when i first moved here horrible mistake there are water towers everywhere <laughs> um <laughs> it's kind of the that and our our new downtown park and the the waterfalls where all the mills were built around. That's kind of like the the feeling that you get of Greenville when you're going around downtown. But they really decided to turn that around. Obviously, that kind of manufacturing has definitely changed since about the 70s. So there, um, our, our downtown was kind of deserted and abandoned. But a group of people got together. They said, you know what? We have this vision. Um, they took out this they had to fight for it. Of course, it wasn't easy, but they, um, they took out this, uh, huge four lane, um, just nasty overpass that went right through the middle of downtown and they turned it into a pedestrian footbridge. That's kind of the symbol of Greenville. Now, if you type in Greenville, South Carolina, you'll probably see that what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's, um, It's called Falls Park, and this bridge looks over this waterfall, and it used to be super polluted because of the mills, so they've really reclaimed it. It's beautifully landscaped and everything now, and our downtown is really centered around that. And they realized that by using that European model, by making it people-friendly, not car-friendly, um, that was the way to go. And about 10 years ago, we they uh, completed a rail trail. It's uh, Right now, it's about 20 miles long. It runs north to south. It's called the Swamp Rabbit Trail. And they had um, – it's about eight feet wide. It's just b- bikers and walkers. And um, it has totally transformed the area. That combined with our beautiful little downtown um, really draws people in. And that I think has created a much more receptive community. There are, of course, this is South Carolina. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. There are still people who say, I don't want my tax dollars to go to these people riding bikes, they don't pay tax. You know, there's all that craziness. It's actually a hospitality tax, so <laughs> it's not correct. But there is, you know, there are some people who it's not like we're 100%. Oh, I love this. But um, overall, I would say that our community has really um, come to embrace it. And um, it's it's something that is really special about Greenville. And you see people just constantly outside. It's definitely um, become something that people really value about the town. And it's brought in so much business. A lot of young families move here. A lot of um, people who work for Michelin and BMW move here. And um, those... Employers know that their employees want to um, want to live in a community where you have those things available to you. Um, so it's a very awesome place to be. Um, I'm pretty much in love with it.
1: <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it sounds incredibly progressive um, in that sense, in the that bi sense, and also really beautiful i mean these are definitely like marketing photos that i'm looking at like kind of initially (laughs) from the parks and recs folks here but um i mean it it just it really looks great and i i think that um you know greenville you you said it kind of at the top it's not portland or fort collins um but frankly like bikes belong everywhere so you (laughs) know they especially belong on main street they especially belong in small towns smaller towns and cities uh to help prevent sprawl and revitalize and you know bring back um some of this like economic goodness to city centers so Absolutely. i yeah it's uh it looks like a, it looks like a really great place like what a total little gem Coming yeah and it's South warm. Carolina. i'm
0: not gonna lie if i could ski or if i liked skiing if i wasn't terrified of Having things strapped to my feet, I would probably live in Colorado, but, <laughs> but um, I'm a warm weather person, so this is this is home for sure. I, I can't imagine anything else, really. <laughs> that
1: sounds awesome. Um, you said th- about things strapped to your feet. Do you ride clipless? <laughs> Do you ride with the clipless pedals? Like, tell me about that.
0: Oh, I do, I do. It took me a long time, and I held out for a while. I, I, um, I had a wonderful friend of mine um, who was is is a road cyclist, and I started to ride with her. Um, she got me into the road side of things from commuting, and um, she she'll she'll listen to this. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> Thank What's up, you, for Sarah. The need to go clipless thank you sarah for doing that um she uh finally convinced me and i did it i fell two and a half times in public it was embarrassing and then it's been fine ever since so (laughs) it's more the fact that i can always you know clip out (laughs) you can't do that on skis so when you're in the middle downhill so yeah um it was it was way more intimidating than than i think it should have been i think that's actually one of the Um, I feel like that's might be one of the reasons that cycling and especially road cycling isn't more popular. I think it's intimidating with all the kits and your spandex and your fancy expensive gear and and stuff. But, um, it's, it is addicting. (laughs) I think once you, once you start getting into it and if you have somebody Mm -hmm. to kind of show you the ropes, it's, um, it's a lot less it it certainly doesn't need to be so uh intimidating. I I certainly thought it was when I was and I was one of those people who said, "I'll never wear a kit. And those people look ridiculous." And here I am, like, you know, road riding, and mountain biking, and I kind of have uh a little taste of everything, and I'm just one of those people now. <laughs>
1: um I love I love that. I think it's really inspiring, and um I am like Flirting with the clipless pedals a lot. Yeah. Um, I've been when I go to spin class, which hasn't been in a while because I can't motivate myself to go to spin class when I bike yeah, commute. And it's, it's, awesome. it's so weird. <laughs> I mean, I really love it. So you know, I don't, I don't want to derail us, but like, I, I like really, really dig spin class, except that I'm commuting a lot, so <laughs> it's hard to do that uh, for me. Um, but the point is, is that I've been, I've had indoor. Or I've had shoes, clipless pedal, or whatever, with the cleats and the whole fancy thing for years. But that's because with the indoor bikes, I can't fall over. Well, I mean yeah, I guess you probably could. Right. You should knock on wood or right. something. It's right? it's totally different. Yeah. It's it is.
0: totally different when you um and I have some serious ADD. I mean I will be good looking at the sunset or just kind of drifting in and out. And I, and I don't, I don't ride clipless on my commuter, but I do it on my road. So it did take a little bit of getting used to, I ride so much and every day that it really has become just muscle memory. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's because of the commuting and flat pedals, I was perfectly happy doing that. And that carried over to, I'm going to ride a road bike and flat pedals um, for way longer than that should have happened. Um, but you know, they do make double-sided pedals, which is nice. So if you have one bike and you want to, you know, ride it around town, but then you want to do something more athletic on it, you know, you can get like, um, the Shimano makes some, I mean, there are a lot of different options, but you can do, you know, those kind of double-sided pedals. So you can have the best of both worlds, so to speak.
1: What did you notice like describe for listeners um what it feels like and what you noticed f- going from flat pedals to riding clipless
0: So okay I probably do not have the right technique. I do not keep my cadence up. I do not, you know, spin as fast as I should when I'm like climbing mountains and stuff like that. But um the, what really got me is I did a road ride. It was a fun ride, but I get a little sea biscuit when I'm road riding. I'm like, I, I'll be like, okay, I know this is for fun, but I'm gonna see how fast I can go. Um, I was doing that in a monsoon. Um, they had this special ride, the Criterium, the USA Cycling brought the Criterium to Greenville. So this was about a year ago, uh, sorry, year and a half ago. Um, uh, and I was riding this like 20 mile loop um, on this closed, course on the interstate. So it was just these rolling Hills. I mean, I'm a commuter. I'm rain does not phase me, but this was like, I felt like I'd done a triathlon because or a biathlon because I felt like I just swam. Mm. It was so, so much uh, water. So, um, and I still feel that sometimes when I'm commuting and it's like really rainy, you know, my feet will slip off the pedals. Um, when I, I'm horrible at mountain biking. So I do not clip in mountain biking. I would, I would, be in the hospital in two seconds. Um, but I, um, I think that, uh, just, yeah, keeping my feet on the pedals, <laughs> uh, when I'm really, uh, trying to ride fast <laughs> is the main thing. Gotcha. I know that it's supposed to help you climb hills and, um, and everything like that. But for me, it's, kind of to keep me from, maybe I'm just really clumsy. Um, Maybe I should go to spin class and work on my technique. But um, yeah, I've never been, um, I've never been a, a gym person. I would go, Just kicking and screaming to anything athletic yeah so my my family thinks it's hilarious now that I'm like so into like anything anything involving bikes I'm like I'm up for it I'll do it um but I won't go to the gym I will not (laughs) I'll go to yoga but that's about it I it's anything running feels like torture I mean I just
1: I mean listen good good for people that enjoy it that's awesome (laughs) I think Great. it's fantastic it's cool. no, I think it's awesome, you know everybody we've all got our we've all got our thing, but um, I don't know a lot of people that mix the biking and the running. I feel like we're in like two pretty. Serious nerd camps with that stuff.
0: Maybe I just know way too many triathletes. I mean, that's I will li- what it
1: is. You know more triathletes than I do. There are
0: a lot of triathletes here. Oh, oh my gosh, like serious ones. And when they talk, I just my eyes glaze over. And I mean, I I love them dearly, but I will. I I always say I will run if you dangle a donut on a stick like in front of me, and that's about that's about it. Like I
1: I have no motivation for that. <laughs> <laughs> I I almost want to like call on some triathletes to commit to like if you had to pick one or the other, what would it be? But oh, everyone's it, so different. Like what like what and why? Which yeah. which one and why? Of course yeah. you know, I mean I, I
0: have three it's whatever you start with. Mm-hmm. Um like if you like grew up like on swim team or something and then you expanded out to every like all three. I think, or if you're in cross country, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to try a triathlon. Um, I feel like a lot of the triathletes that I know are always like, oh, the bike. The bike is so hard because you have to get all this, you know, your technique, and you have to, I don't know. I guess it's just what you're
1: used to. That's Um, my theory. (laughs) so uh, back uh with the clipless pedals for a second did you because i'm I'm, like thinking about this because i'm watching people (laughs) as they commute and i'm like learning on my learning where i would like disengage the pedal and like where i would clip out and everything um what do you do regarding like your technique with shifting is it like down shifting so that like how do you know that i don't know what the hell question am i asking you Um, I'm asking you about, was it a difficult transition? Here we go. You can do this, Kat. You can do it. Was it a difficult transition to figure out like how to, um, downshift so that you could clip back in easier after you've been stopped? (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm getting at? Exactly what you're saying. Can someone turn this into English for me and like, let me know?
0: I actually do this uh, whether I'm clipped in or not. I do this on my commuter. Again, I'm very ADD, and I'm thinking, "Oh, there's a light up ahead. Okay, and there's a hill after that. And oh, look over there, that's a funny looking car. I mean, and then I start going. I'm like, oh, I never shifted down. Um, <laughs> so that's that's whether I'm in flat pedals or or clipless. Um, when I when I first started uh, with a clipless. I I clipped in and then like two days after that I did my first metric century again I don't know if you see this trial by fire uh, uh, pattern coming out here but I just went for it and um, I was such a I was very uh, not cool about it at all but I went around um, and you have these rest stops and things on a metric century you don't have a lot of stops though so you can be going for you know 10 miles and not even see a stop sign or a red light that you might even need to slow down for. And then all of a sudden you need to stop and I'm new to clipping in. So I would actually say out loud to myself, I am clipping out. I am clipping out on one foot. I'm clipping out on the other foot, just to be on the safe side. I am slowing down. I am not going to hit anyone. I am sure everyone thought I was insane, but I was just determined not to fall. And I didn't, <laughs> I think I did have to talk to myself to,
1: <laughs>
0: to yeah, just stay focused. Um, but I think, uh, that awareness is the hardest part for me, um, in terms of like slowing down. The thing is about clipping in, I, I fell two and a half times. I don't think that was avoidable. I think I had to, I think that kind of told my body, all right, you better pay attention or it's going to hurt. And it was, it was a, it was a quick, steep learning curve. And I just kind of, got it i really don't like falling
1: (laughs) and i hear everybody i hear everybody falls i've heard people and that's what i heard and that's why
0: i didn't want to do it for so long yeah i on a trainer so it felt like spin class and i was like okay i've got this i understand what to do with my foot but for me at least i just had to actually have that experience of stopping the bike it wasn't so much getting back on the bike; it was when I stopped. The first time was actually downtown Greenville. I was leaving from a shop downtown, and I left. Uh, I came up to a stoplight. It was a—it's it, like trying to drive stick in a really hilly area, which I've also tried to learn to do. Horrible. Um, <laughs> stalled out everywhere. That was me <laughs> because I started to go uh, home, but of course, I leave the shop. I'm like oh, my God, there's a red light. I mean, it's downtown. There are stop signs and red lights everywhere. I'm going to be stop, start, stop, start until I can get back on the trail and go home. So, of course, I come up to my first red light, and I unclipped one my one foot, put it down, and then my muscle memory told me, oh, you can put your right foot down. My muscle memory did not, you know, connect with my brain to say, no, your foot is connected to your bike right now. And I just went, uh... I I really wish I could give you a visual because I'm sure it was just incredibly hilarious. It it was just like a slow lean. And it was like, if it was a cartoon, you'd hear, um, and then of course the best part, everyone on the sidewalk was watching and they just went, "ooh!" like in unison, it was this perfect embarrassing moment. Um, and that's, I just needed two of those, not one, of course, two, (laughs) I've had some close calls besides that, but, um, your, your reflexes.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Um, so you, I saw some pictures on the, uh, on the the Insta Twitter or something about some bike touring CNO canal type stuff. Um, do you like, how much touring do you do? Or tell me about that.
0: Uh, well, I did my first kind of official tour, um, in, uh, this last summer. Sorry. I don't know what I was trying to say there. Um, backing up actually, I would be remiss if I did not mention, I went on um, some VBT trips. It's called Vermont, bicycling tours, um, in college, my parents have gotten so hooked on these and my parents aren't big bike people. So it's really funny, but, um, they go, they've been getting into these bike vacations and, um, I can't afford them. They're expensive, (laughs) but, um, I mean, they're totally
1: worth it, but well, the, it's not really these are like these organized vacations. Yeah. They're
0: organized. Yeah. You stay in these really cool hotels. Um, the first one we did was in the Loire Valley in France. It was my high school graduation present. And we went and biked all over the Loire Valley. Um, it was probably about 30 miles a day or something like that. Um, very flexible. They take very good care of you. It's a very gentle introduction to quote unquote cycle touring. But the whole idea of, oh, traveling by bike, that that really did kind of spark something. And then um, I'm a member of Adventure Cycling. I don't even remember how that came about, to be completely honest. I think I met some people who were riding through Greenville on like a cross country trip and I was like, whoa, that's cool. Like you're doing it yourselves. Um And that's another thing. It's like, Oh, that's possible. Like people can do this. You need a lot of, a good chunk of time. But as I mentioned, I work for the schools, which is awesome. I have two months a year, so I'm trying to figure out what to do next summer. But this last summer, I, um, I, it was funny. My dad's pretty much like partially retired. And I, I called him up, uh, one day last spring and I said, Hey, um, there's a trail that goes from Pittsburgh to DC and y'all live near DC. So, uh, Be free in July and uh my dad's just like oh yeah sure he's made again my my parents like to ride bikes but this is like an average of 60 miles a day um we decided to go with just like a not like camping but um kind of bike in bike out so we made reservations at little cheap like motels and stuff just along the way and so we didn't have to bring a lot of stuff with us. Um, we were on mountain bikes because the trail gets a little uh, hairy towards towards the end as you get from like Cumberland, Maryland to D.C. Um, I have a bunch of pictures and stuff that people can check out that better kind of give you an idea of everything that we um, brought with us, I think, is in the pictures and um, the kind of trail. Um, but But traveling by bike is just so it's so much better than like sitting in a tour bus or in a rental car or something. I mean, you actually get to see the countryside that you're in. You get to see people. <laughs> um, you can smile and wave at people. You can stop whenever you want and eat at a place that looks good. You can keep going if you're bored. I mean, it, there's so much tra- like, um, flexibility, and maybe I'm just a control freak, but it's it's a really great way to, way to travel. Um, our joke on the VBT trips was, well, I'm eating really well and I'm, you know, biking it all off. But really the best part was, I mean, we're biking through like vineyards in the Loire Valley. And you really can't get that if you're walking or driving around. It's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's definitely my new kind of... My obsession. And I think that's why I road ride actually, because I want, I want to do a cross country trip. I want to bike around Europe. I want to do those trips and, um, I want to pack it all in. So I want to be a strong rider. And I think that's what keeps me road riding as much as I do.
1: It's so cool. Um, wow. And what a gift, like what an incredible treat to be able to have that experience with your folks too.
0: Yeah, it was, it was definitely our one some of our best uh some of our best bike trips um I did another one from uh one of my cousins got married in in Europe a few years ago and so we used that as an excuse, hey let's do this one- this nearby bike trip uh we'll go to this wedding and then uh oh look at this, we can bike from Prague to vienna um so <laughs> um and bbt by the way is just a fantastic company i wish i could go on their trips all the time but their guides are wonderful they're local i just i really really if you're if you're not really confident in um you know going out and doing a tour where you're camping and hauling around all your stuff i mean there is nothing wrong with doing a cycle tour they're
1: they're awesome (laughs) yeah i mean they they seem like really great you know the 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 word, the phrase is the credit card touring that people use if it's not organized and you're kinda of like going from inn to inn or hotels yes. and, and yes. things like that. You don't have to you don't have to like carry your your lodging with you. Um but these organized tours seem you know, I mean there's a trade off there, right? Like there's there's an expense versus the amount of effort that you need to put in personally. Like there's there's always it's, a trade-off of resources, but what, sure. what it's a, a, a lot great of planning. introduction.
0: Um, then again, I, I host with Warm Showers, which is a great resource um, to look into. And honestly, you could sign up as a Warm Showers host, which is kind of what I did. And I started meeting these, these people. I've hosted mostly um, solo women travelers, and they just come through, and a lot of them are just kind of – I'm a planner. (laughs) I plan every little detail out, like how many miles I'm going to do a day and where I'm going to be. Um, but I've met these women who are, they're really incredible. Um, some of them are just like right out of college. Like they're not all, you know, um, all that experienced or anything. Um, some of them are, and they just come through and, you know, they they text they they find me on warm showers and they message me and they say, "Hey, um, just wondering if you're able to host." It's just like this free, it's like couch surfing for for bikes for anyone who doesn't who's not familiar with it. Um, and I hadn't gone on a tour like this before, but it was so cool to like meet these people and say, "Cool, I like bikes." Um, <laughs> tell me about your trip. And so I kind of got to, you know, I hosted them and in return I kind of picked their brain and learned some different tips and ideas. And that's just been such a source of inspiration. Like, like Oh, well, so-and-so biked from Florida to New York city. And, and it took her about this long and this is how she did it. Okay. I can do that. <laughs>
1: it's a good like info hack there. That's Absolutely. Cool. There's also an expectation where if you are, um, for listeners who aren't familiar, if you're, um, participating with warm showers as, someone who wants to stay someplace, there's also an understanding or an expectation that you at some point will, will host other folks, other cyclists traveling through. So, um, you know, it becomes like a community expectation there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's a great network. Um, I, I've just had wonderful experiences. I actually went nearby to Spartanburg with one person that, uh, was staying with me and she went, um, she went towards, Spartanburg, which is not a good route, and I kinda wanted to help her with it. And I was off work, so I said, Hey, I'll go with you and I actually stayed in a warm shower's, you know, like an hour drive away from me. <laughs> it took us, you know, I don't remember, four and a half hours or something to bike over there. Um but it it's really it was a really cool thing. I said, Hey, do you mind if I crash and then bike back tomorrow?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Really. Oh yeah. That's so, really, that adventure was a generous race. thing. You never know what's out there until you uh <laughs> until you find out.
1: <laughs> so, Mary, we're starting to we're starting to round up on time a little bit. I wanna yeah. I wanna ask you a couple more questions though. Um if <laughs> if your if your bike had a, a superpower, or if it gave you a superpower, what do you think that would be?
0: Oh my gosh. I um, know, it's
1: a weird I'm gonna throw you a curveball there.
0: Well, I'm gonna cheat because my superpower that you know, if someone asks me if you had a superpower, what it would it be? It's always flight. Always. It's never anything else. For sure. me, I would always fly. So if I could, like, magic school bus my bike where it could go, like, airborne and I could, like, get a bird's eye view of some of the places <laughs> I'm going, I've always wanted to, like, fly. I'm not probably ever going to skydive or anything. But <laughs> if I could do that to my bike,
1: yeah, it would fly. Do you feel like like you get to harness a little bit of that when you're descending a hill or something? Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. there's like nothing
0: in the world. And like I said, I mean, I, I'm I'm not a great downhill <laughs> cyclist. Uh, I'm a little afraid of high speeds, but it really is just exhilarating to to, yeah, ride down a hill.
1: <laughs> so. Um, Two more questions. One is, if you, uh, you know, to give some new riders or a piece of advice that you didn't get, you know, um, what kind of advice would you give to new riders who are just starting out?
0: Ah, new riders. Um, That's... (laughs) That's hard. That's hard I know. for me. It is It is kind um, of
1: a hard one. You can take your time with it, but it could also sound like a piece of advice you didn't get that you wish you had known when you started. That could be another way to access it. Oh, something I wish I'd known.
0: Um, never, ever, 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 ever get up, give up. <laughs> I feel like I really had to to really stick to my guns, um, on what I wanted. Um, I think in moving to Greenville and getting the job that I ended up with, um, which I'm so happy with, it just, it really came down to this is what's important to me. And I had a lot of people saying, Oh, that's crazy. Like why wouldn't you take the best paying job or why wouldn't you, um, you know, do X, Y, and Z. Other people have their opinions, that's great. But if it's important to you, just do it. That's a very broad statement. But (laughs) I think in, um, I I think like you were saying earlier, I think subconsciously that is kind of why rebel kind of pops up into your head. Sometimes you really feel like a rebel. It feels like going against the grain, um, especially in an area of the country, East coast, um, where, it's just kind of taken for granted. Like, well, of course you have a car. There's horrible public transit. Like how else are you going to get around? Um, You, you just have to make it happen. And it's, it's not as hard as you'd think.
1: It's not as hard as you think. And that, that perseverance is worth it is what I'm hearing.
0: Absolutely. I promise it's not that hard.
1: (laughs) Awesome. So, um, joyriders mary has so generously offered to uh, you know answer any other questions or anything like that that you might have um about like either car free living and what that might be like in in areas with challenging infrastructure etc so um ask ask away any questions um you can do that in pretty much anywhere in the comments under the show notes or wherever you may have found this particular piece of audio um mary where can where can folks find you
0: well there's rebel without a um
1: i don't think i have to spell that
0: (laughs) 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 wow it'll be in the show notes right Um, we're gonna
1: we're gonna link everything up and probably (laughs) you're there on instagram Okay.
0: Yeah. I pretty much just blog on there most, most frequently on Instagram. It's easier just to show little snippets of, of life, but, um, I am trying to get to those questions that I get a lot, but, um, I, I love answering questions about it. So, um, if you want to, uh, contact me on the blog, you can comment, um, or message me on Instagram, either one of those, I don't run every, social media because i um could never do that but uh, those are the two i'm
1: going with (laughs) for (laughs) now right on well i really really appreciate your time um thanks so much for chatting with me and uh we should probably do that again because i got a feeling you're gonna go places and i want to know about where you're going oh i would love to all right super cool thanks mary Big thanks to Mary for hanging out and talking bikes with us. Be sure to check out her blog at Rebel Without a Car or follow her car free exploits on Instagram. And follow me there too while you're at it at the Joyride Podcast. Why not? It's just another Instagram account. Take two, they're small. As always, I appreciate your time and your attention. Remember, friends, life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Keep moving forward, and until next time, I hope you enjoy the ride.